The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Good evening. And welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, and I'm ringing in the new year here with Sue Timberlake and hey. John Roberts. Hey. <laughs> 2020, like we should have hindsight maybe, I don't know. Uh, or <laughs> <laughs> Did you say presidents? No, wait. Fe- <laughs> Feliz Nuevo Año, amigos. <laughs> Oh, is that for our South South American listeners? Uh, if we have any, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know we have friends south of the border. I just don't know <laughs> if they're tuned in tonight. Yeah. They should be. They should be. Uh, anyway. I don't know. I'm if not they sure really I'd loved us. tune in if I wasn't in this country right now. I think I'd tune out is <laughs> big time. Well, uh, at least one of our potential listeners is still... Uh, big League. In- Big League, <laughs> is still able to vote in this country, so interest in American politics still seems at least somewhat relevant. Yeah. And that reminds me, actually, I just want to mention, uh, in addition to other info I'm about to mention, uh, we do have some uh, elections coming up this year. It is the year of the election. So the general election in November is 298 days from now. So we got a little time. Do, 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 but it is coming. <laughs> Uh, we also have just like three and a half weeks uh, until the Iowa caucus, uh, 24 days to be precise, because uh, that's like February 3rd, 3rd I think. Yeah. And uh, then eight days after that is the New Hampshire primary. Wee! Yeah. So won't that be fun? And so that's like a little over four weeks from now. Yeah. And, and in- all those local candidates, Deval Patrick and... Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. And and speaking of local, in 53 days, March 3rd of this year, 2020, will be Super Tuesday. And if you're like me and living in Massachusetts, that means that's when your presidential primary is. And I forget which page of this notebook where I write notes where I wrote down all the states that are going to be voting in Super Tuesday. But California, South Carolina. Yeah, quite a few. There's like 17 states, I, I think. I think it's a, is it a quarter of the votes in Electoral College. I th- Something like that. It's, yeah. it, it's a prime it's number. It's super. In, it's a two-digit <laughs> prime number anyway. So that's the important thing. Um, and if you are in Massachusetts like myself, uh, I, well, whatever state you're in, you should definitely register to vote. Uh, if you need to apply for an absentee ballot, uh, do it as soon as possible. Uh, you're... Whatever state you're in, your secretary of state will have information at their office, or you can go to your town hall and find out more about how you, what you might need to do to register to vote. In Massachusetts, if you don't want to go talk to your town clerk, who are they're all lovely, you should totally go by and, and get to know them. But uh, you can go to the secretary of state's website here in Massachusetts uh, at, you know, uh, I forget the address, but we've got it. it. We'll put links to it in the show notes. They are at the bottom of every show. Right. Also, uh, the deadline to register to vote uh, in the Massachusetts primary on March 3rd, Super Tuesday, will be, if I'm doing the math right, February 12th. That's a Wednesday. 
uh, 20 days before the election. So, Two days before Valentine's Day. Yes. So uh, before you... So do it by Groundhog Day. Right, exactly. <laughs> so before you go out and, you know, uh, have a great date or sit around being miserable, <laughs> eating ice cream alone again. Anyway, um, whatever. Sounds however, like a good time. I don't know. Right. However you're doing Valentine's. Actually, that sounds kind of nice. Eating yeah. ice cream? Uh, like, well, alone? Like, like watching some... Some, some, but the TV's stuck on the Hallmark Channel. That's all I can find. Oh. <laughs> then you laugh at it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, so uh, two days before Valentine's Day, three days before the Ides of uh, 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 February. So yeah. Anyway, uh, February uh, 12th is the deadline to register to vote in Massachusetts in the primary. Uh, the deadline to vote in the general election is obviously in October, so worry about that then. Um, you can also get in touch with us if you have questions or comments, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org is the email, at civilpoliticsfm on Twitter, and facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio is our community there. We do also have our own website, which is quite simply civilpoliticsradio.com. And that's got links to uh, uh, previous episodes of the show, uh, supplemental episodes we do, and other good stuff like that. So definitely check it out. So... Yeah. So happy new year, guys. <laughs> I hope you uh enjoyed your holiday break. Uh mine was pretty good. Yeah, mine very very relaxing, very nice and then we almost went to war. <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, I was on a did. boat. Yeah? Wow. Uh, was that good? I the, hope it wasn't in the uh, st- uh Strait of Hormuz or anything. Yeah. Nowhere near <laughs> the Persian Gulf. No. No. Well, that's all right then. The the boat made made noise. <laughs> referencing a, a funny song never mind uh yeah it was it was really fun um and we can actually talk about something who's, that happened on that later is that boat? uh the trump book have you yes heard about the trump? <laughs> boat is this boat yeah the, the this boat. book stephen colbert put out um <laughs> right well i guess sort of the the two big well there's several big piece big news items i think they sort of intertwine together uh sadly uh, the president, of course, has been impeached. Uh, the articles of impeachment are still uh, uh, in the hands of the House of Representatives. They haven't been transmitted to the Senate yet, but Nancy Pelosi is, uh, I think, planning to do that soon. Uh, she's been within wait- next week or so. Right. It's it's been you know will the Senate actually uh, uh, l- let her know what the ground rules are going to be? And I, I I think that's becoming clear that basically Mitch McConnell's not going to have them have there be any ground rules. I think they're just going to try and shove the whole thing out the door as rapidly as possible. But it is nevertheless still bugging the crap out of President Trump that he's been impeached and that he is not being uh, allowed lo- to put on his TV show. Right. He's, uh, and that pe- <laughs> Did you see him come through the door well, and that, in that people, announcement? And that people yesterday? aren't singing. Yes. <laughs> that people aren't singing his Hosannas at every turn. That that seems yeah. to really bother him. Because he likes those entries with the light behind him, so he looks like a mythical character. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. He's, he's <laughs> The one thing he, he's got any, any uh, savvy about is uh, how to stage manage when he goes out and, you know, do television. Um, and so I, th- I think that's it's because his uh, he's upset about impeachment. That's why he uh, ordered the murder of uh, uh, Kamal. Uh, was it Kamal? No. Um, 
I've drawn, I've drawn a blank on the Suleimani. first Suleimani. <laughs> uh, 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 General Suleimani of Iran, who was the head of the Quds Force. Did you hear what the church lady said on Saturday Night Live? How convenient. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Isn't that convenient? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of people are... You don't want to think it, but that's all you can think when you see the timing of what he did. And and there doesn't seem to be much evidence behind the scene. I don't know whether we're talking about impeachment or Iran at this point, but, you know, there's the a lot of the... Even, um, was it Senator Lee... Who's mm-hmm. a Republican? Just likely, yes. Yeah. Likely, yeah, yeah. I have to say, everybody should send him a dollar because no, I'm not Mike Lee. This. No, I meant Mike Lee because he he was the one who said they just briefed us and it was horse. Yeah, they, they, they didn't tell us anything, and then they got <laughs> angry at us for asking questions. Yeah, I, uh, I thought that was good. Yeah, so. he, I mean, it's good. He's going to be killed off from the Republican he Party, and, but. Um, <laughs> Oh, I forgot his Rand name. Paul? Rand Paul. They they were both very upset. There's What are they going to do about it? They're still, you know. Well, at least they said it out loud cuz that's, sure. you know, that's the and first the, crack and It's the... like Tucker Carlson. Sometimes he says a good thing, not for the right reasons, but he still says like I something. thought that was pretty honest and pretty let's, good, but l- like let's not go to war with Iran. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I mean, it's it's on, yes, I I would Thank not support. Thank God somebody said it. I would not support giving him a dollar though. Yeah, I thought Good for if him, if Good everybody him. sent him a dollar, will protect him from what's going to happen to him next because the Trumpers will be all over him. Why do I want to protect him from that? Good, <laughs> good. <laughs> the Republican Party's basically like become a, a a cult of Donald Trump. So why do I care if they eat their own? Well, you know, when you if Mike Lee study really power, when somebody does something that supports your side, you at least acknowledge it. Well, I am acknowledging it. Good job, Mike Lee. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Yeah. And, and, and you know, if he's really uh, uh, getting upset with how the Republican Party is, he can, he can switch sides. So, anyway... Uh, what were we talking about? Which yeah, I have no... Yeah, well, he's not a good guy. I was just reading about him. Oh, no, he's not a good guy. No. But I'm saying he did a good thing. Yes, we should all thank him for... We should all congratulate him and support that he did that thing. Yeah, okay. Um. Well... So much. Uh, the... Um, the attack on Iran and the second guy. Didn't they try and get a second guy and we didn't, we didn't get him apparently, in Yemen? Apparently there was an attempt to uh, kill an Iranian official in Yemen a few days ago, I think also with a drone strike. Uh, uh, that was They were talking about the Washington Post reporting that today as I was driving yeah. out here and listening to the news. But we missed. Uh, yes, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you believe it, which sometimes it's hard to sort out what's... Unfortunately, the... Uh, United States government, especially the military, has long, uh, since they learned the lessons of Vietnam, has uh, long practiced uh, 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 trying to restrict information, and they have certainly been willing to spread disinformation, uh, or, you know, lies, as they're called, uh, to certainly not let people understand the full scope of what their activities are and how effective they are. Uh, Nevertheless, uh, there is a certain... Uh, eventual accountability that the that the military has to have, uh, you know, they still eventually have to account for like what this is what we did with our money. This is all the people we killed. This is how much stuff we blew up, and so on and so forth. Um, it's gotten <clears throat> excuse me. It's gotten worse to the point where 
because the 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 president uh, lies so freely and openly uh, when he actually does know something about a situation. There are other times when he doesn't know anything and just says whatever comes to mind, which I have trouble calling a lie exactly because. <laughs> I think that's confabulation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's last it's, time I checked. It's not honest, but it's not. It's not trying to hide the truth. It's that he doesn't know or care. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's that's all problematic. But uh, at this point. I don't think we can really trust uh, a lot of what we're hearing from our government. And unfortunately, that doesn't suddenly make the Iranian government more credible or more reliable. And and they have a long and documented history of of distorting information. So, John, I see you sort of raising your hand from what do you got? Right. Uh, the, the official that they targeted in Yemen was Abdul Reza um, Shalai. I think I'm. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's it. Uh, if if you're not familiar with Persian, it can be hard to get the accents yeah, exactly I'm, right. I'm Shalahi, very, something like that. Very passable Persian. Um, a high-ranking uh, commander in the Revolutionary Guard, uh, but it was not su- su- successful. I can't speak English either, so why am I even <laughs> trying? With well, you just came back you know, from a long cruise, so. <laughs> Yeah, we'll give you a couple of days to get your sea legs. That's I mean your land legs, whatever it is. <laughs> that has nothing to do with it. Really, you didn't come down with scurvy during the cruise. If I haven't had scurvy now, <laughs> by now, then I'm never getting scurvy. Fair enough. So, uh, what I th- there's there's so many problems with uh, what the president did, in and and really the whole sort of apparatus of government that we have allowed to come Oh, and they were going to take out cultural uh... law. <laughs> and well, then the two generals disagreed with them. I yeah, love they were going to do war crimes. That's yeah, a that, war crime. Yeah. Well, we've already, well, we've done plenty of war crimes, but even just just in the assassination of General Soleimani, uh, let's, take, let's note, what we did was we launched a drone strike. We launched a missile strike. In Iraq. In Iraq. Not in Iran, but in Iraq, uh, on Iraqi soil, uh, and the uh, attack targeted not just the person we wanted to murder, but also a bunch of other people, uh, including an official in the Iraqi government. So uh, not only, obviously, killing a, uh, uh, you know, if, if, if someone assassinated the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff while he was visiting Mexico, we would consider that an act of war. Um, and so would Mexico. What if he was visiting Noriega? Just kidding. In jail, you mean? <laughs> no, I meant in Panama. Actually, he's dead, isn't he? So <laughs> yeah, he died. At the, at, the, at the cemetery? Whatever. Um, <laughs> but are you making the argument my that My point is that it's an act of war against Iraq as well. Well, here's the question, because Obama zapped quite a few head terrorist heads in Iraq and in Syria and sort of wherever they were. Is the difference for you because he was an Iranian general? Is that what's making the difference? Because he was also a terrorist. Yes. So that's the difference, is that he held a position in a yes. state. Uh, he is so a he major just, official in a, in, a, in a recognized world government. Now, admittedly, you can call talk about how arbitrary and kind of silly that is to well, like, care about that. Trying to clarify what, your, you know, what was your point, because well, you know, killing terrorists when we talk hasn't... Ab- when we talk about acts of war, that is different from a war crime. Yes, I wasn't going there. Right. No, 
But because it is different from a war crime, it's worth specifying. You can also say, you know, assassinating a guy like that is a war crime. Fine. You know, like blowing up. If we were to blow up mosques across Iran, that would be a war crime. Because, you know, they're just we're just blowing no, up pretty buildings. No, but we've been blowing up terrorists for quite a while. Oh, I, I agree. And you can also call those war crimes. Targeted. And I'm, and I'm not going to try and defend that. Oh, you're well, not? Oh, okay. I'm not sorry. Not at all. I'm just trying to Why sort out. Why do you out think I was? Obama, because Obama did it all the time. So? You, well, I hadn't heard you say that you thought Obama was guilty of war crimes. Uh, I haven't said it recently, but oh, I've okay. certainly said it on okay. the show before. All right, just trying to make sure I understand what the premise is. I think the I think the major thing with this strike is that it was a an actual official of a sovereign nation. Yeah. It wasn't a uh, it wasn't a splinter group. It wasn't a uh, rogue like thing. Like he was. It, it's a, a, it's an act of war. Even though he was head of the terrorist groups too, that could the, the yeah. well that terrorist group is the official army of that nation. Yeah. If um that that's it's like the, the Green Berets for them. Well, yeah, exactly. Or like I if, shouldn't say that's probably it, more like seals. But well, I mean they're, they're the Republican guard. they're the special forces of the Republican Guard, I guess, or or whatever. But Revolutionary Guard. Revolutionary Republican Guard was Iraq. Iraq. Yeah. So. Yeah. The the major thing is that this isn't like they were trying to make it out like it was. Um, I don't the guy the guy that that it was the same as 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 taking out a, a as as killing a, a an Al Qaeda leader with a yes. drone strike in in, yeah. in Afghanistan and and it, it's not both things are wrong, and I don't like both things, but this one carries more weight. Because this is a recognized official of a country. Well, and, and that's what I'm trying to say. There's a difference between a war crime and an act of war. Uh, because a war is conflict between two recognized states. And that's, you can talk about how arbitrary the concept of the nation state is and how it's recent and, you know, his, world historically and all this other stuff. And that's fine. But those you know, are the rules that we have right now. Right. So. But I mean, we do sort of have. Uh, uh, right, international rules and, and customs, which in part are there to reduce conflict and help us manage, you know, uh, issues and prevent them from turning into uh, ugly mass slaughter that, you know, devastates whole countrysides. So Britain and in this case, uh, Iran is a government in a way that Al Qaeda is not or that uh, ISIS is not. This is, you know, this would be the same, as I said, if someone assassinated the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff or if someone, you know, shot uh, uh, the Secretary of Defense of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. I mean, you know, it's it's, do you think it's a major crime. Do you think sanctions are a war crime? I mean, uh, sorry, an act of war, not a war crime. Do you think sanctions are an act of war? Uh, I suppose that could be argued. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's not something I mean. Part of the thing about sanctions is they're not killing people. But, I mean, a blockade can certainly be considered an act of war. Uh, uh, the naval blockade that we threw up around Cuba in 1962 was an act of war. Yeah, Japan, too. Yeah. Uh, or so, at least they considered it. So, well, I was just trying to get a sense of where you where you kind of draw the line. So Britain right now is trying to extradite the woman that ran over the kid, the bicyclist, you know, the diplomat. The wife of wife. the diplomat, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so... Do you think those diplomat laws, diplomatic... Diplomatic immunity and whatnot? Yeah, do you think those should be honored? Uh, 
diplomatic immunity? Yeah. Diplomatic immunity yes. is not a bad uh, is a pretty good idea. Uh, the U.S. has the option to waive it. Uh, if you're asking me in this particular instance, should they? I think so. I, I mean, I don't. I don't know a lot about what happens, so I don't want to like say we should do X, and then I find yeah. out the facts, and I go, oh, well, no. no. I don't know what the specifics are, but diplomatic but, community is very important. Yeah, but my uh, understanding is she was dri- she was driving on the wrong side of the road in Britain and hit a guy on a bicycle. Yeah, and so, that sucks. And, and 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 I understand why the British want to prosecute her. And, and she fled the country quickly. So well, yeah. I, I, did she flee or was she re- brought home? I mean, I don't know. But yeah. re- regardless, so I'm okay with this with, is, with the U.S. deciding to waive it in this case and extradite her. This is why I don't I'm, know the details. So, I'm going yeah. there because so let's say that there's somebody that's putting IEDs, you know, in the roads next to our soldiers, and that they're supplying the arms and they're behaving badly. We give them that position. Because they're the general of a of a great, night uh, you know, nation state. Uh, so you're saying you that you might think about it with somebody who ran over a kid on a bicycle, but you might you might not think of him as fair game simply because he was a general in the this Iranian. Is, well, th- well, this isn't a question of diplomatic immunity. No, but I'm. That's how those things are created. Is that nation states have so even with all those deeds, we we wouldn't have considered him a target, I guess. I mean, if they actually it, knew that he was. Here's a, the thing: you can call, you can consider him a target, uh, and that's that makes sense. After all, Saddam Hussein was a target when we invaded Iraq, yeah, and that's that's fine. But targeting the leaders of it's a, not really fine. Just want to well, you know. tar- well, once you, once you're in a war, targeting the leaders of of the opposing nation, or the you know, if you're attacking a terrorist group, the leaders of that group, like Osama bin Laden, like. Okay, that makes sense. Once you're committed to like, we're just going to use violence to deal with this problem. Like, all right, well, you're using violence. It's yeah. sort of hard to say. Well, you know, that's not appropriate. Um, you know, to like target like the head of this the group you're trying of, to to murder. Rules of war are kind of an anathema in some ways. Well, I mean, they're, they're you know you can shoot here, but you can't. They're shoot cogn- there. <laughs> they're, they're an exercise in cognitive dissonance yes. because <laughs> the whole point is the rules are broken down, so we're just resorting to violence. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, uh, you can ev- evaluate actions uh, on a moral scale. I mean, war is immoral. Sometimes we do it anyway. Sometimes we think it's necessary. And sometimes maybe we think, all right, well, I guess that wasn't as bad as some wars could be. The, the, the Civil War, for example. Like, whatever else you want to say about the Civil War, and there are a lot of, you know, there's a lot of horror in the Civil War. It is still nevertheless a war where one side is fighting to preserve slavery and another side is fighting to end it. And... Yay. You know, like like you can pick between sides in that one. Well, Obama. <laughs> so my next point is that Obama had targeted him a few times, but they decided not to, as did Bush. They never targeted him. Well, they had they had a discussion about it, as did Bush. And sure. from what is reported, and who knows if this is real or not, they decided not to because the, of the ramifications. Well, and that's part they of... they kind of knew that he was orchestrating a lot of this stuff that was, sure. you know, injuring and maiming our soldiers. Sure. Absolutely. Um so they didn't. So make this is all right. So this is a, a thing I, I discussed yeah. a bit uh, with somebody else recently. So, just to sort of because uh, I think I'm down. missing your point. Well, yeah. well, my my point is a couple of things. One, uh, you know, assassinating people is bad. 
it should be uh, Congress should pass a law preventing it. As it is, there are executive orders on the I books. I thought preventing. there were. Yeah, I thought there yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Th- like this isn't appropriate. Um, and we, uh, for our our legalities, uh, we don't call it assassination when we're actually at war. You know, like if we could have blown up Adolf Hitler in 1942, that would have been fine. Nobody would have said you can't launch a targeted drone strike on Adolf Hitler. It's like, yeah, you can. We're at war with him. Yeah, it's you know we they've declared war. We're and he'd at war. launch one back at you. Right, yes. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you know if he could have assassinated Roosevelt, he totally would have. So so you know there's that. Now, we aren't at war with Iran. I mean, we don't exactly, we're not exactly at peace with them, but we are not in a state of war. So there's that, you know. Because we haven't declared it. Yes, and Congress has to declare it. So, I mean, that, that counts for one thing. Even though that military authorization for, and you and George taught me this word, the Levant, <laughs> that it covers the whole of that. Iran word. isn't in the Levant. It isn't in the Levant? They no. tried to argue that it, it was covered, and that was the meeting that Mike Lee and, and Rand Paul were all pissed off about yeah uh so apparently they didn't really do yeah. a good job of it but and they, they were, were also in. arguing that there were imminent threats and right and so forth, yeah. oh and today they're saying trump was saying that it was three um uh oh what is it i can't think of the word i'm i can't believe i had coffee tonight and everything but you know embassies they were after three embassies but you know they'd never said that before this morning he said right. it in, I, a, I, in a tweet or something nothing trump says can be believed yeah so um, so there's that consideration. Although Lindsey Graham said it was magical how they found out. I don't know that he was going to do this. <laughs> Lindsey Graham says a lot of things. <laughs> well, that wasn't. That one was out there. <laughs> I think Lindsey Graham is uh, taking pixie dust at this point. Yeah. So um, Stephen Colbert did a really good job with yeah. um, Lindsey's magical. Yeah. Magical. I'm sure he did. Yeah. So, uh, A, uh, you know, we're not at war. So acting, doing the things that we might do in a war aren't appropriate when we're not in a war. With There's Iran, all... just because we are in wars. Right, but we're not at war with like, Iran. We're okay. not in a war with Iran, Iran. so like, yeah. to behave like that is bad. Uh, there's also the obvious, like, murdering people is bad, and uh, it's bad enough when we do it in a war where we've officially sort of said we're throwing up our hands and just using murder to solve our problems. But um, there's also the question of like, okay, well, if you are going to do something as coldly cynical and evil as murdering people, what are you hoping to accomplish by doing it? And there, like, there's there's not even a a, a good rationale in that respect. They certainly haven't. I mean, made it's not like planning obvious right. or evident. I, I I mean, you can one can lay, level those first two criticisms at the uh, murder uh, or the assassination or whatever you want to call it of Osama bin Laden. But I'm not particularly upset about us killing Osama bin Laden because he did orchestrate the attacks of 9-11. So, I mean, you know, there's and a you clear rationale. And you Soleimani's been orchestrating attacks on us? Well, and so that's the other thing. It's like, so Soleimani apparently uh, through his proxy organizations, uh, like backing militias like Muqtada al-Sadr's Mahdi army uh, in the previous decade during our, you know, you know lovely sojourn in Iraq— uh, Let's bear in mind the the reality of that situation. We invaded Iraq for no good reason. Like we made up a bunch of nonsense. We told it. We we, we lied about everything, and we invaded Iraq for money. Um, and the Iranians, of course, uh, you know, 
they they they, they didn't cotton to that. Right. They didn't cotton to that. I mean, sure, they want to be a power in their region for the same reason everybody and else been does. They've been in Iraq for years. So, yeah. Well, they, they had been in an eight year yeah. war, yeah. So, like, they're, you know, they obviously they want money and power and influence and all that. So, I mean, there's, there's the cynical reasons, but there's also we are a nation they consider hostile and we've invaded their neighbor and toppled their government. And we're clearly, there are plenty of people in the U.S. who want to do the same to them. So, like, that's a major threat. That's right. McCain used to say bomb right. Iran. And, and, and you know, the the Iranians can think back and think, okay, well, in the 1980s, we were at war with Iraq, and the United States sold weapons to the Iraqis to help fight and kill our people. Oh, and by the way, uh, they also secretly sold weapons t- to the Iranians. Uh, that's Ollie North and the Iran-Contra scandal. So that's awesome. So they know that we just have no respect for the life uh, for the lives of anybody out there. And also, they think back to 1953 and the coup that toppled—yeah, Mo- uh, that, that put the power in place, that, that toppled Mossadegh, you know. And the Shah of Iran, we backed him for decades, and, you know, he led a brutal reign of terror with a secret police called the Savak that tortured and murdered people. I mean, it's just, you know— Attacking the U.S. any way they can once we've established our position in Iraq, as we did after the 2003 invasion, I mean, we had it coming. It's a national act of self-defense, arguably. It it doesn't mean, yay, Americans were killed by these guys. That's terrible. So But we shouldn't have been there. Last question. Which oh, and then we have to take a break. Oh, yeah. oh well, I don't, yeah, I forget what it was, so it's Are gone. you sure? I, it, it flew away, whatever it was, so. Well, write it down, and then we'll, uh, Jama, you. you. Uh, there, so, man, this conversation was really, is, is really great, and I, um, too bad we have to take a break, but I did want to play something that, and now for something completely different. So when I was. <laughs> we can do it um, after the break, if you like. Uh, let, let's, we can do it now. Um, when I was oh, yeah, on the, uh, when I was away, um, Vacation basically with family. Yes, it was basically a family reunion. There were a hundred of us on this on this cruise ship that my good that god, hundred yeah, of you. Yeah, all of my 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 all of my dad, my dad, and all of his siblings, um, all of his, and it was his his sister and her husband who uh, is. I think he's president of Carnival or something, but um, all of all of their siblings, all of their siblings, children and their partners, all of their siblings, children's children. And oh we were goodness. all on the boat and it was crazy. And so there was um, we had a, a dinner with everybody um, on on New Year's Eve and. Uh, they were talking about family and and how a lot of uh, how we're dedicated to service and in our family and things like that. And this woman stands up and says, "So hi, I'm I'm Janae Harris. Um, you guys might not know me, but I'm running for DC Council, City Council." And I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> so, um, so I made it a personal mission to go talk to her. <laughs> And I have, we have a, so it was recorded with my phone on a cruise ship. I cleaned it up as much as I could, but the, the biggest, the, there were a lot of cool things about local DC politics that, uh, I think were really interesting. So I'm going to put this interview up on our webpage and in our, uh, 
podcast feed. So it'll be a little, it'll be like a supplemental. I wanted to play a few minutes of that interview, like the middle of the interview, where we're talking about how DC residents, how they are affected by national politics and, and uh, protests and things like that. So I'd like to play that um, going into the break, and then we can come back if that's all right. All right, so we're going to play this interview excerpt, then some PSAs, promos, and station IDs, and then we'll be back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. So don't go away. We've got something cool, and then we'll be right back. And I wanted to know how, just as a D.C. resident, like the, all of this stuff, like with impeachment and with, mm-hmm. with uh, the elections coming up and, and all of this, this different policy stuff, does that, does all the stuff that we, that we see outside um, the people outside DC, we're watching the news, we're seeing what happens like in, in Congress and the White House and everything like that. How does that stuff affect you in DC? Does does it have a, a direct effect or an indirect effect or is that just in its own bubble? That's a great question. Um, the answer is yes and no. So DC is a very local place with very local people with very local issues. You know, there are kids in DC who live, uh, in Ward 7 where I live, um, in other neighborhoods near where I live who never visit, uh, the White House, who never visit the monuments, who never visit the Smithsonian, who really just never cross that bridge and experience the federal city or the international city as we know it. Yeah, really in DC there's, there's the different, like the, there is, uh, different sections of the city and a lot of people don't cross those lines i mean i my aunt um yeah my uh, on my other side yeah uh <laughs> um she she lived and worked in dc yeah so i visited there a lot when i was growing up and there's where all the the national politics happens and then there's other stuff like across the bridge like you said nobody really there's not really a lot of cross hatching Absolutely. So there are very local and real issues and experiences that people have that don't intersect with the federal city. That said, um, you know, there are residual impacts. So um, let's see, this is 2020. I would say two, three, four years ago. I know. (laughs) Two, three, four years ago, there was a protest every week or every two weeks, which means that streets get shut down, which means that public transportation is limited, which means that, um, you know, this massive swell of people, you know, is coming into the city. And it got to a point where I couldn't even keep up anymore. And I'm fairly well informed, you know, um, so. <laughs> so I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with who was in town to protest what, or to demonstrate about what, um, there's a level of fatigue that happens. Just about to um, say. and it, there's also a, a, a level of surrealness that happens because there would be days where I would be going to, um, a, a dance class or going to hang out with my friends and we would stop by a protest for an hour and then we would go to brunch. And it was just this very like bizarre, weird um experience of of worlds intersecting right also we have some folks coming into the city to protest who uh quite frankly can be scary you know white nationalists have protested in dc two times in the last uh two or three years um they didn't get a pretty big turnout in fact dc (laughs) turned out more people to counter protest i have been which i'm very proud of (laughs) but uh, my friends actually went to dc (laughs) yeah um for to to counter protest yeah um which is really, which is really great. Um, yeah, seeing like a hundred Proud Boys surrounded by like a thousand people. That's right. Really great. So, so yeah. So, um, you know, we're it's inviting uh, a lot of 
different kinds of people. You know, the Trump administration, there are people who voted for Donald Trump or who are very supportive of Donald Trump's administration who are now frequenting the city, who now live in the city and work for the administration. Um, but I, I will say that, again, for most people in D.C., that doesn't impact our day-to-day lives. And unfortunately, uh, many of those folks are not invested in the livelihood of the city at the local level. And yeah. so many of them are concentrated to certain neighborhoods or, you know, certain social places. Um, they're not really interacting with, with the rest of the city. For all the best in Americana, check out Roots and More Tuesday morning from 7 to 9. From blues, folk and rock to Cajun, Zydeco and alternative country, Roots and More brings you emerging artists, new releases and older favorites. Tune in Tuesday morning from 7 to 9 on Valley Free Radio. Hey mom, how about this game? What's it rated? Uh, let's see. Tea for teen with violence and suggestive themes? Uh, no. Video games are fun, but not all games are right for all players. Look for the rating symbol and content descriptors and read the rating summaries that tell you what's actually in the game. <sighs> this one better? Oh, much. For more information about ratings and rating summaries, visit ESRB.org. This is Professor Howard Zinn. The independent, non-commercial radio station you're listening to is really important in the maintenance of democracy. Thomas Jefferson once said, an informed democracy will behave in a reasonable manner. So if you care about being informed, if you care about democracy, if you're a reasonable person, you are, of course. Please support your source for uncensored news and views and the voice of your community. I never get the flu. My kids don't need more shots. I don't have time. We're all healthy. My asthma's under control. I'm pregnant. I've had the flu. It's not a big deal. My kids are too old the for media flu. media is exaggerated. I can fight it naturally. No matter how you build your excuses, the flu can blow your house down. Keep your foundation strong. Vaccinate. Learn more at flu.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. Have you always loved to read but find it hard to do these days? Forbes Library offers a variety of alternatives to keep you reading long into the night. A large selection of large print books, audiobooks, and easy-to-use e-books and e-audiobooks are available to borrow. You will find bestsellers, classics, and nonfiction offerings. Forbes Library is now affiliated with the National Library Service to provide audiobooks, magazines, and even the daily news for people with vision loss, difficulty holding traditional book or newspaper formats, and for people with certain learning disabilities. Our staff is happy to help you find just the book in just the right format. Call 413-587-1013 to find out more. 
Are you interested in connecting with the international community in the Pioneer Valley? Then volunteer to help your immigrant neighbors improve their English and integrate better into their surroundings. Become a volunteer tutor. Take a free 15-hour training taught by the International Language Institute in downtown Northampton. For more details on an application, go to ili.edu or contact Amy at ili.edu. Students come from Africa, Asia, Europe, Latin America, and the Middle East. So volunteer to tutor and expand your world. For the best in electro, new wave, funk, and dance, tune into Subculture Friday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Listen from your computer, iPad, or phone by tuning into valleyfreeradio.org. Subculture, Friday nights, here on WXOJ. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM, out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm here with Sue Timberlake still and John Roberts, and we're still... Uh, kick- you can't yes. make me leave that easily. Yeah, <laughs> we're still kicking off the... Uh, our first show of the new year by talking about, uh, well, we've been talking about uh, impeachment and uh, the inter- sad interconnection with uh, our... Uh, How convenient. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the comparison to the Wag the Dog movie is entirely apt, sadly. Yeah, I think you have to definitely ask the question. So Yeah. Because he is the master. Trump is the master of, you oh, look at the shiny object over here. Yeah. Well, yeah, and he's certainly, uh, you know, as as people say, you know, there's always a tweet. <laughs> so, of course, you know, uh, eight, nine years ago, he was tweeting about how, you know, Barack Obama's doing poorly in the polls. So just look, he's going to start a war with Iran to distract yeah. everybody and make himself look good. Just you wait. It's sad and it's pathetic, but he's going to do it. As all the psychiatrists say, projection. Exactly. <laughs> so... Uh, and listening to genres, uh, cousin or my cousin, yeah, okay, cousin. cousin on my uncle's side, right? So cousin of some degree of removal, first, third, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. So many, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> it's just a throng of us. That's yeah. great. Just black people for miles. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, talking about how the uh, whose boat is this boat? Yeah. Talking about how. Uh, life in D.C. is affected by the people coming into protest and how that that changes, you know, like after three years of, of Trump, how that feels differently and how that's changed and all that stuff. That's uh, noteworthy. And I, I was just thinking, you know, it's it's I think it would be important and I think really uh, helpful for uh, the United States as a as a as a nation and really for the whole state of the world if there was a massive protest, like, a, you know, the size of the Women's March, you know, with, you know, the, the pink hats and everything like that, if we were out there saying, like, no, we don't want to go to war with Iran. No, this is a terrible idea, you know? Like, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of criticisms to be leveled against the Iranian regime. Iranian regime, sorry. But uh, nevertheless, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to get into a shooting war with Iran. I, I think President Obama's approach of making a peace deal and and finding ways to sort of you know coexist without open hostility is it was a good one so if i was nancy pelosi i'd be organizing uh, legislation for draft and i think that would put everybody on the streets it would actually be really effective 
because people are sort of complacent. They're terrified. But up, oh, it's over. We're not we're not going to war with Iran. So everybody's back watching their TVs again. You know, it just it happens very quickly. People just lose. But anyway, I, so I think a draft would would mobilize people to to, to well, that really is, consider what the cost of it was. That is what got the affluent white people to to hate the war in Vietnam. So as I remember well, yes, having lived through that. So. Yeah, so I that that there, there protests, might be lots of protests around the world for all different things right now happening. That's true. That's know? true. Um, um, and uh, you wanted to you you'd mentioned earlier uh, uh, before we did the show, and I think it's certainly worth pivoting to for the final few minutes to talk a bit about how the entire continent of Australia is kind of on fire right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh boy, is it? Yeah, it's. Um, what did they say? The the fires are. Like three times bigger than the biggest fire in California, that it they're starting to merge together. Ten and, times. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. The, the the bush fires in Australia are enormously bigger than the fires in California, yeah. or the fires that were registered in uh, in the Amazon basin, uh, or last even year. Australia or, over the on. last couple of years. Oh yeah. yeah. And well, I think didn't they have a temperature surge that they're yes. close to? 50 it was pretty degrees much a hundred degrees or more across the entire nation slash continent. Yeah. Since it's both. But uh, well, and uh, bushfires are are have been a uh, a mainstay of the Australian climate and ecology f- going back thousands of years. You know, the Aboriginal peoples of Australia have uh, oral uh, histories going back since their settlement, which was like at least ten thousand years ago. So it's there's always been uh, uh, it's always been a dry climate, and they've always had you know to deal with fires breaking out and controlled burns and all this other stuff like like that kind of terrain management is very very old news and nothing like this has happened before in anything resembling uh, like the scientific record the 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 stories of the of the aboriginal peoples or in you know in our modern historical Euro- eurocentric records it's just nothing like this has ever happened before and the fires are enormous they're they're as big as uh, uh, Massachusetts and New Hampshire, like I think the area burned is the size is like twice the size of Massachusetts. Size of England, I heard the other day. I could be. Yeah, yeah. Um, just uh, I just posted a link, mm-hmm. and it'll be in the show notes for the podcast. There are fires in every state. Of there are multiple fires in every state of and there's Australia. Six, yeah. six states in Australia, I think. Six, uh, yeah. six or seven. There's Tasmania so is a separate state, and it's an island. So there are so many yeah. red dots on this map, um, yep. and it is it is horrifying to, uh, to think about. Like it's um, yeah. Australia and, is and burning. It, yeah, and it if is. you and if you yeah. look if you look just at the uh, the the southeastern area, the Queensland Victoria area, uh, you can see just how intense the fire is there. And if you were to superimpose those dots over the United the continental United States, you basically have fires running from Georgia up to here, or at least up to you know New York. Yeah you know, the the greater New York area. Well, and they're very critical. The folks are very angry with the prime minister. And yes, he was in Hawaii. Which is the, the, started, the segue, right? the thing that reminded me about protesting. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was vacationing in Hawaii and he didn't even say, by the way, I'm, he just sort of went and didn't like make an announcement. So was, like people were like, well, where's the prime minister? Well, it turns out he's on holiday. <laughs> yeah. So, but sorry. 
Well, no, that was it. I was just I was just commenting that they the people are having a tough time with him, and I can imagine he's not going to get another term. Oh God, no. Well, he just won an election. Yeah. Like less. I wonder if they have like recall. Sometimes seven months ago. No, not not in the parliamentary democracy. Yeah. The point is, like, if uh, he loses the uh, if he loses a vote of confidence, then the government will collapse and there'll be a new election. Trigger, trigger an election. But uh, just the, a sorry, just a few stats um, before we continue. Yes, um, please. Seventeen point nine million acres have burned. Um, Twenty seven people have have been killed. Two thousand homes. Have been destroyed. How many animals? Is it a billion? One billion. Yeah. Es- estimated one billion animals have been lost, and scientists fear long-term damage to many sensitive ecosystems. Because Australia is very special in its e- ecosystem, um, and it's already had major shifts and major issues going back hundreds of years. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Um, but how many? How many uh, acres was it? Seventeen point nine million. Are those hectares or acres? Does it acres. say acres? Because um, a lot of the reporting was in hectares, and I can never convert. Interesting. I the blazes. To one or the blazes turned the skies orange and made breathing the air in Sydney as bad as smoking thirty-seven cigarettes. Yep. And hot and windy conditions have returned, heading into the weekend, and so and so the fires burn on, even merging with each other. Yeah, that's yeah. the part I heard of the so, merging of and, the and fun the, times. The fires, uh, the the smoke from the fires causing air quality hazards uh, in New Zealand, which is twelve hundred miles to the east. Not just and actually now, not just in New Zealand. That's been happening for a couple of weeks now. Uh, Chile. Well, South America, they're, Wait. like the, the, the they're they're having smog conditions in no. South America. Yes, Jesus. Yeah, you can you can see the skies are gray. I believe it was Santiago, Chile, but yeah, like major cities wow. in South America are now also feeling the effects. Oceania is going to get hit. Yeah, probably very oh, yeah. soon. Um, and if I'm uh, four times seventeen, so that's twenty eight. Uh, forty. So, like, miles? like sixty-eight hundred square miles is how much we're talking about with that fire. That's so, huge. like seven, like, eh, and then that's a rough estimate. So, like, more than seven thousand square miles, at least. That's how much is burned. So that's actually, uh, yeah, big. Yeah, very big. So, anybody that doesn't think we have climate change, raise their hands. Right. <laughs> well, the 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 the. The the right wing party in Australia is called the Liberals, and they're they're the equivalent of like the Conservatives in Britain or the Republicans I love in this it country. That they have the reverse name. They drive on the reverse side of the road, and their seasons are reversed. Well, they're How perfect. Well, is that well? <laughs> they're the Liberals on the right wing, and and actual Labor and Greens on the left. So yeah. I mean, they have like yeah. you know parties with more overt socialist leanings, but uh, the uh, Liberal Party's official position is climate change isn't a thing. Uh, and the Prime Minister Scott Morrison has just recently been like, well, okay, but yeah, like, like if you want to go online and see footage of of people yelling at him, is swearing at him to his face, refusing to shake hands with I him. I saw the fireman, yeah. yeah, yeah, giving him the oh silent, yeah act of silent contempt out the window. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and and just all, all kinds of people like that. And of course, he he wasn't there, and. Uh, part of why... Well, isn't he an oil mean, and gas guy? Oh, he's, yeah, coal, he's... Coal, coal, specifically. Australia has, oh, has major coal deposits, and right. they want to... New South Wales, right. right. So the... Uh, so and another part of the uh, the problem is, obviously, climate change is a real global concern. 
Like that. That's that's real. Do you think Puerto Rico's earthquakes are <laughs> part of that? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> what? what a part of climate change? Yeah. yeah. Earthquakes? Yeah. I, I'm not sure if there's They're, any real feedback between climate and plate tectonics. They were trying to argue that um, there was some fracking, and somebody said there's no fracking in Puerto Rico. But well, again, that's yeah. that's not climate change. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it's it's the the effects are substantial. Sure, absolutely. And I don't know if you were listening to the program just before us with um, the deep the deep earth, yeah. and some of the sound waves that are happening from you know magma deep you know for and diamonds that are you know four or five hundred miles below the surface you know it's very interesting how ignorant we actually are of some of that oh absolutely but i i i I think it's fair to say that while uh the changing uh the 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 changes we are causing in our climate are going to have all kinds of unexpected knock-on effects I don't think they're going to have much to do with seismic activity. You I don't think. think pole shifting and the ring of fire of volcanoes and all the interconnections? Those might affect they... the climate. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think the climate's going to affect them. <laughs> I do, actually. But that's... I, 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 I'm, I, finding a, I'm finding a few articles uh, with, with this debate, so I'll post yeah. them. I'll, on I'll, the, I'll be prepared to know. be proved wrong. But, I'm, I'm speculating. I'm just. I'm taking what. Um, but re- regardless, uh, how evidence-based we as political and, animals, as our nations and our politics uh, uh, respond to or ignore what's we've happening, we've soiled our nest. We sure. have. We have, and it's worth noting that, like in Australia, especially because it's uh, uh, this nation that is and this continent that is. Uh, uh, going to be feeling the effects of climate change far more rapidly than other parts of the world. Miami? <laughs> Not necessarily every part of the world. The Arctic's <laughs> in really bad shape. But Australia is like this more temperate area that's going to be feeling the heat, literally, a lot m- more quickly than, say, you know, Massachusetts. Uh have there have been predictions th- for over 10 years about how bad it's going to be. And they're saying, like, look, by 2020, we could have out-of-control fires raging across the continent. Well, the U- and, hey, guess what? Out-of-control fires raging across the continent. And Scott Morrison, in particular, have been, has been rejecting efforts to prepare. Well, just I know we're at the end. I was just going to say that the UMass guys have actually predicted for the valley that within 15, 20, 30 years, we'll have the climate of North Carolina. And have they've Ugh. encouraged people to buy trees that can survive that? So I, I think even with, you know, s- the places that are badly hit, I think we're all affected and will be affected very oh, soon. Absolutely. So, and I'm saying that as a Republican conservationist. Sure, absolutely. Uh, climate change is is causing problems all over the world. Just some of them ramify more quickly, like in Australia or Greenland or whatever. So, anyway. Genre's waving his hands and the music is playing. So we're going <laughs> to wrap up tonight's episode of Civil Politics. Uh, gosh, there's so much more to talk about. And we've got debates next week, right? John, the debates next Tuesday? Tuesday, Tuesday that's correct. Yeah. All right. And I bet the articles of impeachment go the day after <laughs> to the Senate. Huh. All right. Well, we'll see if you're right uh, next week on Civil Politics. Uh, but that's going to do it for now. Uh, we've got uh, podcasts of the show that will be uploaded over the weekend and uh, uh, an encore presentation next Monday at 4. We're back. We're back. And uh, right. So for now, we've got Subculture coming up and uh, other great shows on Valley Free Radio. And that's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. 
To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.